Hey guys, just to let you know that Borderlands and The Last Ones are on Tubi right now. That's Tubi. It's a streaming service. You probably have it on your PlayStation or on your phone. Um, check it out. The Last Ones is a zombie drama. It's in black and white. The first black and white zombie movie, I think it is. I'm not going to check though, or, you know. And also, Borderland is a exploitation film about the cartels. And it's a lot of fun. And if you're like, hey, I want to learn about how El Paso is. Well, don't watch my film because it's not like how it is at all. But if you want to watch a fun movie (laughs) set in El Paso, check it out. It's a lot of fun. Borderland and The Last Ones on Tubi. Check them out now. And now, let's start with the show. Have you seen my great new short, Millennials Are Killing Freddy or whatever it's called? Go to, my, <laughs> go to my Facebook page. Not this one. You're on the wrong one already. But go to the other one and check it out. It should be released by today. I'm taking a guess. Go to my Vimeo. It is password protected. I won't give you the password. Go to my. Go to San Diego uh, this sun, or last two weeks ago Sunday. And check it out for five bucks. Uh, and check out my interview where I uh, talk shit about directors that I shouldn't be. Anyway, welcome to the Bomb Squad. How are you today? You're not um, going to redo that Assassination Nation promo. <laughs> bro, the, the promos are one takers. They don't miss. So, guys, as Josh just ruined it, this week we're talking about the 2018 film called Assassination Nation, or as everyone in the hood calls it. <laughs> Don't. Or as uh, all, the, all the cool kids call it in the barrio. Ass-Ass Nation. Uh, guys, if you like Euphoria, this was actually Sam Levinson, the creator of Euphoria, and totally... Okay, I'm not going to say that joke. <laughs> um, and super cool creator... <laughs> Sam Levinson. Uh, this was his first movie. He had also written some other things. Um, he had written The Wizard of Lies, the screenplay, and also Operation Endgame. And but this was his first like real big movie. And then obviously the success of getting this movie uh, led him to have Euphoria. And there's a lot of similarities. So strap in as we kind of talk about it. I'm pretty sure on this one, Josh is just going to give the plot description and then um, we're just going to go into it because there's not a lot of plot. Um, (laughs) But before, let me get to some technical things. Like I said, Sam Levinson wrote and directed this film. It stars Odessa Young, Abra, Sookie Waterhouse, Snooki or Sookie? I don't know. We'll have to ask Batman himself. Because they're dating. Or we could ask her, but I feel like it'd be more disrespectful. Maybe it wouldn't be. Who knows? Hari Nelf and Coleman Domingo. The super sexy Coleman Domingo who you know from Zulu, Euphoria. Um, Josh, what else is he in? He's in Lincoln. I've I've only seen. Only only Spielberg knows who's in Lincoln. Uh, Oh, he's in Candyman. He's the like crazy guy at the end. But he's a great actor. He's good. He's like one of the best parts of Euphoria in my eyes. He's one of the best parts of every movie he's ever been in. And I want to say that he's Cuban. And you know. You know I love. Let's just spend most of this going over his Wikipedia. And let's just go over it examining every single one of his (laughs) Instagram pictures and just kind of it just says uh, it just says American actor, so there's no like specification. His father is from Belize and is from a Guatemalan family. It took me two seconds to find that out. Well, uh, he's Guatemalan, not Cuban, so I was wrong. But I am right about him being Afro Latino. Great, I'm gonna put him in everything that I've ever made. Um, also, like his voice is amazing. We're, let's get back to. <laughs> I'm not in love with Coleman Domingo. I'm just gonna put that out there right I now. I wouldn't judge you, I mean... especially when we explain to you how big of a role he has. <laughs> yeah, he is not in this. But he has one scene, maybe. It's like um, where you see him on Apatown. You're like, oh, she's gonna be like a pro. Oh, she's in three scenes. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. It also stars Mod Apatow. And Joel McHale and Bill Skarsgård. You know who that is. He plays It. 
actually has a pretty good cast. I mean, even Bella Thorne shows up. Which is probably not what you're expecting me to say after I said <laughs> it actually has a pretty good cast. So, Joshua, Bella Thorne, I love you. She's also Cuban. Guys, I know that there's more than... I know there's more Latino countries than Cuba. I just assume everyone's Cuban now. I don't know why. I feel like because Cuban is blocked off from me, I um, I like... I, I think everyone is just Cuban. So, uh, his her father was of Cuban descent. I knew it. Thank you, guys. Who? Bella Thorne. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah, I always knew that she was a Latina, but I didn't know exactly. I thought it was Cuban, really, and then I found out it was. We're gonna we're gonna do an offshoot podcast where we just guess the races of actors. <laughs> yeah, you go first. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you take. Here, it I'll, no, 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 I'll throw it out there. <laughs> okay, back to the point, Josh. Break down what this. Um, plot is and then do it correctly because we're just going to go into it. There's not, like I said, it's a hangout movie. Okay, so a small town is thrown into chaos when a hacker first knocks is just a couple people, but then half the town. Yes, it's the story of how a town went crazy is how the movie starts. Um. Oh yeah, it's it's kind of narrated in that like Euphoria My name way? is Lily Coulson, and yeah. this is, you won't believe what happened to me. It's very, okay, so as we start, yeah, it's a pretty simple plot. It's it's kind of like Euphoria, where if you kind of describe the plot of a Euphoria episode to anyone, it doesn't sound like anything happened, but when you're watching it, it feels <laughs> like a lot is going on. Um, but when you're watching it, you're like, okay, we get it. She has big tits. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, the um, the first good, like, about the first 30 minutes of this movie is nothing but music video style edits and cuts. And the whole movie is kind of like that, but it's pretty like overt at the beginning to where you're like, is this movie about anything? Yeah, <laughs> and then it kind of picks up. So well, and let, let me be clear. I went to go see this movie in theaters because I thought it was going to be really bad. Um, but I, I like to see really bad movies sometimes just to see like what the hell's going on. Like what what did you think of this? And I also like to see fake woke movies. I think like the the funniest one is probably that one with George Clooney where he plays like a politician and he's like, oh, I had an affair. And they're like, oh, uh, Ides of March. Yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, no, he ended world or he's he ended uh, world wars and he brought world peace, but he slept with a woman. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I, I thought that's what this was going to be. But then I watched it and I was like, oh, my God. Sam Levinson, he kind of knows how to write, and this is actually has some pretty good points to make, and is doing them in the loudest, dumbest way possible, which is why <laughs> it kind of, you know, it's like, and, and it's kind of weird to compare the two, but in a way, it almost has that like they live style satire where it's like it's super blatant, and the movie's also super like about like like kind of in a dumb way. But so much so that you're like, no, I kind of respect that it's like Mm -hmm. in your face. It's not like trying to be like, oh, this is subtly about apartheid. It's like, no, this is like there's an American flag every five seconds in this movie. You know? Yeah, there should literally be like the only way you should watch this movie is like at a theater that was closed. And then you turn around and suddenly there's like a teller in the window. (laughs) And it's like two in the morning. He's like, enter. Um, But so, yeah. And like just to show you that it does have that euphoria thing. At the very beginning, like, they have the intro, and she's like, and that's how our whole town went nuts, or whatever. And then it immediately cuts to, like, clips from the movie you're about to watch, and it says trigger warning in red, white, and blue. And then it shows all the things, like, transphobia and homo... Um, yeah, like homophobia and, like, racism. Murder. Yeah. yeah. And, like, some of the stuff yeah. doesn't even happen. <laughs> well... well- well, it says like it says like toxic masculinity, and later it says like men behaving bad. So it kind of like does the it like repeats itself. But in like you know, obviously, it's like trying to hammer the point home that it's like going to be over the top. So well, yeah, and so like that kind of gets you ready for it, and that's when I was like, oh my god, this might be cool. So the main character obviously is narrating the film, even though okay, so Odessa Young plays the main character, and much like Euphoria, it's four friends, and then like Lily Coulson. Kind of their outliers of Maud Apatow and Bella Thorne. But it's like four friends and they're just kind of hanging out in high school. Um, it's uh, Odessa Young, 
playing Lily, Abra playing M, Suki, Waterhouse as Sarah, and Hari Narf as Bex. And like, so they're just kind of like hanging out and they're doing that thing where they talk. And here's the thing. I do think that Sam does this really well. He does it well here and he does it well in Euphoria. Like there's that scene at the beginning where Harry Neff plays Bex and she's uh, in real life and in the movie, she is transgender. And so like they kind of talk a little bit like she's she's like texting with the most popular guy in high school Uh, diamond he's like the quarterback or something like that and he's also played by another latino named danny ramirez uh but also sam levinson literally just ripped off his own storyline for because it's like the exact same storyline that jules has with uh oh in season one yeah yeah um so they're like secretly texting and she he's like being all like super dirty with her but he doesn't even like acknowledge her in real life and so they but the way they're talking about it even though like like it's kind of fucked up is kind of how teenagers talk where like they're all kind of talking over each other nothing is really being taken seriously they're all just kind of like trying to make each other laugh and trying to make each other like get the story across kind of it kind of felt like that great scene in season two of euphoria where they're talking about the play, uh, the fucking bitch, you better be joking scene. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. it, yeah, it kind of feels just like that, where they're all talking at the same time, but you never really get lost as to who's talking it's, and what they're talking about. It's almost like a heightened reality version of, like, teen dialogue, but, like, it feels grounded. I don't know, it's weird. It's, like, it feels, like, intense, but also, like, realistic. I feel like it's how us as the teens think that we talk, even if we don't necessarily talk as quick or as witty that's how we that's how it feels to talk to hang out with your like four of your friends yeah i'll get that yeah and then mod apatow and bella thorne show up as uh um cheerleaders oh bill skarsgård shows up as uh lily's boyfriend who she like who doesn't go down on her (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah well and then okay so it's it's basically it's basically euphoria and then people start getting docs like that's pretty much the setup is the same of like and like Another thing that I really like about, um, and I talked a little bit about this with Mexican movies. I even talked about it on my, I did an interview for my short film that's on my YouTube page right now about how even though, like for a lot of, you know, minorities or people of color or any kind of minority, there's that like one of Hollywood to it's like, hey, you have a funny story and it stars Mexicans. Well, can it star white people? It's like, no. It's like, well, can it be about... Mexican immigrants <laughs> no like you know what I'm talking about like where like oh like even they make jokes a lot about how every other black movie has to be a slave movie and like Mexicans R- right it can't just be of. a guy yeah yeah I can't just like it's it's funny that like when you're a person of color or a minority you almost have to explain why your movie stars other minorities <laughs> And I like that Sam Levinson doesn't do that. Like he like he has a lot of diversity in all of his casts and he doesn't shy away from their identity, but he also doesn't make it their sole purpose. And like one of my favorite scenes is they're all walking at school. Also, they're all walking at school and then there's the weirdest scene in the entire movie. Bex is like, oh my God, I love this song. And then they're like, <laughs> what song? And she's like, this one. And then she snaps her finger and the soundtrack starts. It's like, yeah, it's, she's not it's, even looking at us as the camera. So is it like in third person? What the hell's happening? Yeah, it's it's like not diegetic. It's like not playing in the scene, but yeah. she knows it's play. Yeah, it's, there's a few winks like that, but that's the most over. And the, honestly, the, the beginning, you're like, oh, is the whole movie going to be like nothing but like fourth this, wall yeah. winks to the audience? But then it it really does kind of be like, okay, no, this and movie is then, about something. In that scene, too, Suki Waterhouse, who's my favorite character, dresses like a sailor for absolutely no reason whatsoever. And I feel like if I was a girl, I would also dress like a sailor for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Like, if my, if I was, like, a hot girl, I would literally just dress, like, in the dumbest way possible. I already do that, and I'm, a, like, not hot girl. I was going to say, yeah, you already wear ridiculous tees, so... Yeah. Or ridiculous T's and low cut V's. Um, <laughs> well, and, oh, like, and honestly, then... this this movie also like doesn't. 
it wants you to get the references because later they're watching. I don't know what the movie it is, but it's like a Japanese like revenge film starring like women, and they're all wearing red leather coats, but they're watching it wearing the same outfits. That it's yeah, like, it doesn't even make sense because the they're not like they're not like going to like the Rocky Horror Picture Show screen of this movie. They're just watching it in their room, and I guess before they watched it, they all went to the store and bought for matching, like, like matching. leather plastic, yeah, pleather like coats or something yeah yeah but so i like it and it's... then but again like just to speak of the of like making the characters their own they're like the the bex character is super confident like they're all talking and they're talking about the hot guy that won't acknowledge her in public and like at one point the guy like goes up to her and he's like hey you're looking good today and she goes uh, obviously and i just really like i really <laughs> like that exchange of yeah. like it just seems like you don't ever see women being super confident in films or, and especially even less trans women. So it's like great that they did that. Yeah, no, it's, it's everyone is definitely like clearly like defined in that way. It's like, they don't get a lot of like time to be like for like hard characterization, but like you get it, you know? Yeah. And then there's a scene where Bella Thorne is talking and I guess there's no real point to this scene. She's like talking about how she gets paid money by guys on her Instagram, like to her PayPal account. And she's like, and they're like, why do they pay you? And she's like, I don't know. I think they really like my fashion. <laughs> and it's like, this is a funny scene, but what are you like? Right. It, it almost feels like a cut. Well, and, and in a way it almost feels like he thought he's like, Oh, that's a really interesting thing. Like men paying women online. And then he actually does that plot line in euphoria as like a full fleshed like thing. It's like, yeah, I think he was just kind of throwing everything into this movie. Like just to be like, you know what? Teens today. <laughs> yeah. Look at all these crazy teens, which is kind of euphoria should be called crazy teen <laughs> kids today. Oh. These kids. Kids. It's today. So, oh, okay. And then this is all set up before, but I do want to cover some of the setup. So then, uh, well, and in between all this, like in the background almost, the mayor gets doxxed and he's like, like he's like a super conservative mayor who like hates gay people. And then he gets doxxed and it's like obviously found out that he's secretly gay and he's like been setting up trysts with men and stuff. And so, like, everyone's kind of, like, talking about the moral implication of that and, like, how cool it is. But it's never, like, the main focus. It's always, like, the beginning or end of a conversation. Yeah, it's very, like, well, and what's interesting, too, is, you know, like, because mostly, like, the, the four main characters talk about it. And Lily, the, you know, the main girl, she's like, oh, I, I don't think, like, I mean, obviously he's, like, a piece of shit because he's, like, you know, a self-hating gay who was, like, pushing all this, like, Republican, like, legislation but I don't think anyone deserves that. Like she's like the most like, Oh, no one deserves this. And then like Bex is like, fuck him. You know, she's like, she's kind of the audience target to be like, fuck him. He deserves it. But then it happens to someone who doesn't deserve it after that. Well, okay. And then there's one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie where, and it kind of shows why, like people are always like, where are the teachers in euphoria? And this, this scene is going to show why they shouldn't ever have adults in euphoria. Cause Sam doesn't understand what adults are. Um, <laughs> So, like, there's a, the, uh, Coleman Domingo plays the principal, and he's, like, talking to, um, Lily. I guess it, it does, it, this, this scene works in a way that I don't know if it's intentional or not. Again, much like Euphoric. Um, so, like, there's a scene where, like, he's looking at Lily's art, and Lily's art is, like, super explicitly sexual, where it's, like, I, you can just figure out what that means, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to describe her a art, lot of but nudity. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a Sam Levinson thing. You know what it is already. And he's like, "Yeah, you know, I think you're super talented and you're a great artist. You just have to realize that, like, right now you're in high school, and you can't draw these super like explicitly sexual women like drawings." And she's like, "Why not?" Girls, girls, uh, like you, like you can take pictures of us in these sexual positions, but it's weird when I draw it. And the principal's like, "Well, I don't take pictures of you guys doing that because you're in a school, and nobody in the school should be doing that." So, and he's even like, "I'll help you like get your work into art museums, and like I think once you leave high school, you'll be great. You just have to leave high school." Yeah, he's like, like, like contextually, like you just can't specifically do this here in high school. Yeah. Yeah, like, don't do it. And then um, 
it like cuts to her like it's the most reasonable request in the entire world and then it cuts to her and she's like fucking fascist (laughs) (laughs) and it's so like but see on and that's what i say i don't know if it's supposed to be like i don't know if he did this intentionally but it is kind of like when you're a teen especially when you're trying to figure out your identity anyone like trying to attack that identity that you're trying to make you kind of take it super personal and super like to the extreme just because i feel like you don't you're still trying to figure out your own identity and then you're trying to figure out like how it's working and so someone trying to like chink put like the chinks in that armor makes you like super defensive and um and I feel like that's kind of what she's doing, Lily's doing in that scene. But I don't know if that's how Sam intended it or if he was just like, yeah, I really wrote this fascist principle. <laughs> well, no, because I, I think he shows later that, because um, the principle is the second person to be doxxed, that like people will flip out for like almost no reason if they have like a good target, you know, like if they just want yeah. to. Well, okay. So, and then, so yeah, that's to show the principle is cool. And also, again, in the background, I mean, again, like it, like Euphoria, there's a million things going on. Lily is also texting someone she calls Daddy, who's clearly not her boyfriend. Mark is her boyfriend, played by It, played by Pennywise I mean, the Clown. You Star could Star. probably guess and, uh, almost right away who the other guy is. Cause... Well, no, you can't guess. It's very hard to figure out um, because she's texting a guy named Daddy, and then she also babysits for Joel McHale's kid and she calls him daddy when he's dead. Uh, but you know, I don't, maybe on third rewatch, I'll figure out it's, who it it's was. It's like a Sherlock style. Like, Oh, it's, you go back and rewatch it's, it. It's like a, yeah, it's like an M night Shyamalan style <laughs> twist. When you find out, this you is also there was clues along the I, way. This is one of the few movies I think to use Joel McHale, right? Like where it's like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he, he plays a good, like creep. <laughs> like, yeah. He plays a good guy. Like, where it's like, oh, I think he's being sarcastic to everyone else, but he's treating me right. And then he just starts treating you bad. And you're like, oh, what did I expect? Yeah. So, yeah, she's texting Joel McHale. And then um, and then the next day, the principal gets doxxed. And, like, and so this becomes the theme of the film. And it gets and this, worse and worse. But the This theme- is almost like, I, I almost feel too that he's almost doing a commentary. I mean, obviously he's doing a commentary on this, but because it's not like he doesn't do this thing where it's like, oh, the, the hacker group Mysterio. It's like, no, he just straight up says 4chan and anonymous, like the real actual, like, you know, like boards and groups. It's like people online will attack you and pile on for no reason. And he kind of is like showing like how that would be in real life. You know, yeah. So the principal people, like resigns. try to destroy this principal's life. <laughs> like, the, the the mayor resigns, and then the principal's like, "I'm not going to resign." Because the, the reason that they the want to cancel doesn't resign, him, he kills himself. Oh, he kills in himself front right. of the media. Right. Yeah. That's right. I forgot. Well, he kills himself in the same. I room. actually did forget that too because it happens so quickly. It is so like quickly brushed over. You know. Well, and also because they do it in the same room, like they both give this press conference, and he films it the exact same way. <laughs> For no real reason, just because he wanted to, like, draw a parallel that he's not even drawing. And then, so in, the principal shoots himself in the head, and then... No, no, the, the no, mayor. No, no, the mayor shoots yeah. himself in the head. And the principal is like, I'm not going to resign, because the reason they want to cancel him is because he got doxxed and all his messages got released. But the only bad thing he did was he took pictures of his, like, baby... She was like, like five she, or six, like, in the tub. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. No, I think she was, like, five months. Oh, I don't even, she's, yeah. She's like two years old. He was yeah, like a little she, kid. Yeah, yeah. she's like a little kid and they're like, oh, well, that's child pornography and it's like the most ridiculous thing ever. <laughs> and like they even bring it up like the dad is telling Lily, like, oh, that's why after you turned one, one, I never wanted to see you naked. And Lily's like, what? That's the stupidest thing I've ever right. heard. Because well, she's like, you have baby pictures of me like on the mantle. And he's like, we're not talking about this. And it's like, yeah. That is the weird yeah. double standard, yeah. It's like that thing where, like, if you hear anyone got doxxed, like, I, I even know when this, like, when the big, like, celebrity doxing thing happened, like, several celebrities, like Anna Kendrick, I think, did it, Emma Watson did it, had to come out and be like, 
yes, I got docs, but you're not going to find anything because people are so desperate. Like they hear you get docs and they're so desperate to like find out the bad things you did that like, it doesn't matter like with the principal, yeah. you didn't do anything bad. They're just like, looking for anything. I, I should find. also say like the, the most, the meanest thing, but also this would a hundred percent happen because of how like, like weird, like, cr- like casually cruel people are on the internet where like two of his students are like acting out a text message exchange, the principal out of his wife over her miscarriage, you know, or it's just oh, like, right. it's super fucked up, but it's like, yeah, I could absolutely see someone doing that on Twitter. Just saying like, Oh, LOL. That was funny. You know? Yeah. That happened with some actress was like doing the, the thing of Britney Spears, where she was like pleading to her sister. And it's like, yeah, it's like, it, it was like a meme. I get it, but it's like, yeah, but you have to realize that there are real people. Especially with, like, Britney Spears. So, like, so, and I do feel, so, like, then the next day after the principal, like, gets yelled at because he goes to the thing and he's like, I'm not resigning. And everyone starts yelling at him. But then the next day, everyone in town gets doxxed. (laughs) Well, it's half the town specifically, but that almost doesn't matter because, like, she doesn't get doxxed. But then the guy Joel McHale daddy that she's texting does it's like well then all of their messages are like out in public anyway so it doesn't matter yeah and she like sent him pictures and it had like a picture of her tattoo so everyone's like looking for this girl who had the tattoo and that is like that is a good idea because they only dox half the town but the town is so small that everyone ends up getting ducks anyway and then, so, like, for a little while, they're we, we doing should this. also say, too, subtle moment here, the town is called Salem because a witch hunt happens there. But yeah. I don't get it. What does that mean? It's it's a metaphor. I don't know what those are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you can find out how little I know about those so, if you go also, to my YouTube page right now. Watch my short film. And in case you don't know, like that, this is about America and witch hunts. You will see an American flag in almost every scene or flashing on the screen every like few minutes. Yes, and also the movie is very red, white, and blue, just like people's outfits and stuff. Yeah. Um. So then everyone gets stalked, and like for a while, the the film is about like trying to figure out that Lily, like the whole town is trying to figure out who Lily is, and eventually they find her. And so then they're just like harassing her. Well, it's, yeah, like, it's because her boyfriend is like, "Hey, look, show me your back," because it's like it's like the thing on her back, and then he like forcibly like rips off her thing and like puts it on camera, you know? So like, yeah, like to get back me. at her. So I'm gonna ruin your life. Um, but it does lead to one of my favorite scenes in the movie where her parents kick her out, right? Because. Yeah. They're like, you fucking, you're a whore, you know, and we're, we're not going to, I guess, let you live here, which is insane. Um, she's which just is walk- illegal, by the way. She's like 16. <laughs> she's just walking down the street and then these two super menacing guys start like harassing her. Yes. Being like, hey, whore, come over here. And then one actually like has a knife. And it's like, so like, it like amps up and it's like very like nerve wracking, you know? Um, He's like, come back here, you whore. And then she runs away and he chases after her. And he just rounds a corner and she like hits him with a shovel so hard. It does like this super big blood splatter everywhere. Yeah. And, and his like, nose is like clearly all bashed in. Yeah. It it's like great. It, it looks like he like all, all the violence like against men in this is super cathartic. <laughs> and it's like super cool because like, yeah, the tension in that scene, because you feel so like scared for Lily that she's going to get hurt or killed or whatever. So to like have it turn back around on you and then she just, just like whacks the fuck out of this guy. And it also kind of like there is this idea, especially with men online, and it's kind of it does cross over into real life sometimes where men think that like, yeah, I can just call a girl a bitch or like a fucking horn or whatever. And I like there's no negative repercussions or I can like run after a girl like you see it all the time if you watch fight videos on Reddit. Or like people will try to grab someone and they're not expecting a repercussion and it's like yeah you shouldn't try to grab a stranger because you might get knocked in the yeah because they're always like i was just messing around yeah why are like you you're, getting mad at me you know yeah you, it's always it's all fun and games to follow a girl until she bashes your face in with the shovel <laughs> um so yeah so then she gets stalked and then they're like they're also trying to figure out the hacker and the cops are like interviewing people and they're interviewing this one kid and he, like, as a joke, is like, oh, 
I like he's not he didn't say he's doing it. He's like he's like, yeah, I'm not the hacker, but I am a member of Anonymous because Anonymous is everyone. He's doing that like teenager like edgelord bullshit. Yeah. yeah. And so like the cops pull him out of his house. I mean, not the cops, but then they like a mob starts going, like starts forming to figure out who the hacker is. Quote, yeah, and they quote. they actually uh, waterboard him while wearing American flag ski masks, which is yes. pretty on again. point. Again, in case you didn't know, <laughs> um, and so they're waterboarding him, and eventually he says that it was Lily who's a hacker because she was like checking the things. And I think again, that's another important theme of like, especially with cancel culture. There's a lot of like, do people want the truth or do they just want their biases confirmed? Because it wasn't Lily and they're not really using any real technology other than some guy told them so. And how many times has some guy been wrong? You know. Well, and, and in this case, it is funny because he's technically correct that there's a reason like he's like, oh, all the traffic was going to her house like way more than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And it's like that that turns out to be like accurate, but no one even considers that there could be someone else in the house, yeah. you know, who, right, who might right. be involved. Um, and I think like, again, like, a, so then the town just starts going after these four girls and then the rest of the movie's like a riot slash gunfight. It is actually, you know what I actually did really appreciate too, because it's first the cops are just kind of trying to figure it out. And then when half the town gets talked, knocks, you see one of the same cops is helping lead the mob, like not even pretending that the law like matters anymore, you know, or not even, not even pretending that he like cared about justice as much as getting revenge. But, um, they're, and they're all just, this is the scene where they're all just watching the movie while wearing the clothes from the movie in, uh, in M's house. Her, um, her mom is there and this is a pretty badass scene because they break in to try to like abduct Lily. This is also and, the most euphoria scene of the whole movie. <laughs> and, and instead of like doing the thing of like, what are you doing in my house? Get out of here. You just see the mom immediately walk up and like shoot one of them. <laughs> and it's just like, yes. And she has like a shootout with all of them. But it's like kind of a pretty badass scene, even though they eventually like take her down. It's like, you kind of like to see a woman just be like, oh, fuck you versus like, get out of here. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like, it's like, yeah, like I saw a movie yesterday where like this guy's already killed the, the father and like the daughter's still like, get out of here. It's like, no dude, you're just going to shoot him and kill him. And <laughs> yeah. um, there's, there's also a nail gun um, fight in this scene, which is funny because I had watched Kimmy a day before, which also has like a nail gun fight. Is it April who does the nail gun fighting or is it Bex? I think it's Bex in the pool. Yeah, it is Bex. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. So, and also this scene is filmed all in one take, like from outside of the house and it's going up and down. Like yeah, like up the stories house. and around. Yeah, it's 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 good. It's, For no reason. <laughs> they, he didn't have to do that at all. It doesn't even really help in any way. Sometimes it kind of hinders what you're looking did, at. Did Alfonso Caron need a reason in Children of Men? Yes, he so. did. He did, and I'm glad that he did. Did George um, Lucas need a reason in episode three, Revenge of the Sith? Um, yes. That was, the, <laughs> that was the same joke. You just said it again. Yeah, but that one shouldn't even count because it was all CGI, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> so then it becomes like a riot and a raid. We won't, um, we won't spoil the ending, but I will say that I think that this movie, much like Euphoria... Oh, but before I spoil this, or before we start talking about theme, I do want to mention one more thing. So the riot's going on, and at the end, um, Lily gives a monologue, and she kind of like, it it ends the film, and it kind of rallies the town, but you have to watch the film to find out what the monologue says. I will say that the monologue is so bad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that I like I'm so into the movie every time I watch it and then that monologue starts it doesn't it's not bad enough to like ruin the movie but it does like stop me in my tracks of it, it is one of the where like you could tell he wanted the movie to end with like you know the girls victorious but didn't really want to get into how they did it so he's just like mm-hmm. cut to later and then also before we go into theme I do want to mention one other thing this is the plot of that Simpsons episode where there's like a curfew. So then the the Simpsons kids start revealing secrets of the whole town. And they're like, and we'll have much more information about Homer Simpson. 
Josh, do you know what episode I'm talking about? You mean the which wait, what does he do that causes them to be outraged? They start a curfew for kids. Because the kids mess up something. They start a curfew. Oh yeah, and that's where they, they think that they're all reverse vampires, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's the tonic one. This is the one where they like they can't they want to they do something and they have a curfew for all the kids. And so they make them like stay in the house all day. And then eventually there's like a horror movie that they want to see. And it's like about, it's like children of the dam. And then, um, and then the kid's like, oh, we can, we can like make this, like we can spread secrets of the whole town. And so they start spreading secrets every day. And then like on the radio and they were trying to figure out their identity. And then at the end, um, the grandparents do like the curfew so nobody can go outside. But yeah, it is an episode of the Simpsons episode, and it's hilarious that like it's blatant, <laughs> like they're very similar. But so if you've seen that episode, you may have seen this movie. But let's talk about the theme. I think because cancel culture is such a tricky subject because I've heard like I have a friend. He says you're either a hundred percent for cancel culture and a hundred percent against cancel culture. Which is like such a dumb way of thinking of things, especially like when you think about what cancel culture is. Because cancel culture is just like a lot of times it should be holding accountability. But at the other hand, a lot of times it's feeding into a mob. You know what I'm saying? Well, and I think that's kind of why he, the first two, like the first one is someone where you would probably deserve it. And then the second one is one where it's another public figure who didn't really do anything wrong, but probably is no, he didn't, liked because no one likes He didn't do anything wrong you know? at all. But he is a black man and he is a principal. So it's right. much easier to to cancel him than it was to cancel the mayor. And then if you and, and then so, if you like yeah, like it's just people are already like hungry for vengeance. Because Lily actually kind of states it halfway. She's like, oh, some philosophers said 10% of people are like compassionate and 10% are cruel and like 80% can be like persuaded one way or the other. And it's kind of like showing you like how that would go, you know? Yeah. And also like Lily didn't do anything wrong. And even like before, but no, she doesn't really do anything deserving of judgment. It's like, it's like a private infidelity. Not not anyone's business. Well, it's not, not only is it not anyone's business, but Lily is the victim. She's being groomed by this adult. That's true. Yeah. And even if Lily's sexual with her boyfriend or with other, or with people her age or with herself, that is not room for an adult to jump in and be like, oh, I should sexualize you too and start a real affair with you, you're a child. So Lily doesn't do anything wrong, but she's immediately ostracized. And at no point do they ever either punish, like though obviously Nick, as Joel McHale, loses his wife, but nobody really punishes him the way that Lily's punished. And if anything, he kind of gets off. Yeah, you know, this is actually, that's actually kind of a funny, like, because... First, the town's just being like, oh, you're the biggest slut ever because, like, you're the most interesting thing from this docs because it's, like, a big, like, a fair thing. But then when they're like, oh, also she was the hacker, but it's like, why would she ruin her own life? You know what I mean? Like, she would have no reason to do it, but because people already hated her for one thing, they're like, oh, you're clearly, like, responsible for all of this. And they do make a point to show that once, that even though she has been, like, harassed and, like, everyone hates her and everyone wants to literally murder her um they're also like she's also gaining the whole town as followers on her instagram and twitter and facebook page (laughs) so it is like it it does point out that hypocrisy of like yeah you guys don't like her because she's a slut but all you want to do is like look at her child slut ways you know right it's like you you you're like cheering her on while being like being like you whore yeah yeah exactly and so yeah i think that this is actually a really smart movie about cancel culture and how i do think that some people do need to be canceled i think that if you like and a lot of times i think people get canceled not because of what they did but because of how they respond to it you know like if jk rowling had just been like Oh man, I didn't really know what I was saying. I didn't understand this situation. 
and I've learned, like, there would probably still be some detractors who are like, I don't care. But uh, I think a lot of people would try to give them the benefit of the doubt. But the fact that she's, like, doubled down, well, at this point, she's, what, like, a millionth time down on the screen. Yeah, I don't even know. It's been years at this point, but, yeah, where she just immediately... She, she does more transphobic tweets than she writes books. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, like, but that's what I'm saying, like, there was that case where, like, Jonah Hill called someone the slur for being gay that starts with an F. And um, and he came on Letterman and he was like, or Leno or whatever. And he was like, listen, like, when we are growing up, I said that word all the time. And I'm trying not to say it, but I got mad and I said it. And I know it's wrong. That's literally why I said it. And, like, nobody canceled him. Like, it, it kind of went away because not only did he acknowledge that what he did was wrong, but he acknowledged that he, you know, it happened. He didn't try to like shy away from the guilt. And so I think that a lot of times that is what happens. But, but Joshua, on the other hand, sometimes people get doxxed or like get taken apart by, um, for doing nothing really. Like, you know, and there is even that kind of idea of like, if someone's making a joke, should they be canceled? Or should you just say that that joke is stupid and move on? You know, like, does someone need to lose their job because they may have done one thing bad? Yeah. I, mean, I always think about like with politicians, it's like, it's weird to me because those are the only people who like, it really should be fair game because politicians deserve no, <laughs> like, like they should be under the most scrutiny because they're actually in charge of everything. It's yeah. like, but at the same time you think about, um, like what was it al franken like immediately resigned when like that stuff came out about him and then you know lost his seat whatever and then that one guy who did blackface that governor yeah didn't resign he's like oh i apologize didn't resign and nothing happened to him so it's like right you know it's just kind of like who even knows what the right call is morally <sighs> and like for your own public image you know and i think even sam has an idea of how to kind of like withdraw from the cancel culture where like all these girls are quote unquote getting canceled. And yes, it's to a euphoria style extreme version of it where they're trying to murder them. But at the end of the day, they know they didn't do anything wrong. So they don't like, they don't accept the cancellation. Yeah. It's literally just like relationship drama type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well again, like Lily's the victim in the situation. And I don't even think Lily considers herself the victim in the story. But yeah. she is still the child being groomed by some adult. I also, I don't know, like, I don't know if they actually say, because their ages are very vague. <laughs> so. But in they do say that she has been babysitting that guy's kid since they were babies. Yeah. And they're, they're like five years old. So that he's is literally, definitely grooming. Yeah. It's literally gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's that Fair thing point. where, yeah, it's like the worst type of grooming, too, where it's like he clearly knew her when she was like a little kid. Um, yeah. cause they're neighbors by the way. And so I do think that there is that kind of like thing where it's like, sometimes you do have to fight back against being canceled. Now it's kind of up to you to figure out where that line is. And like, as bad as that sounds, it's also up to, it's not only up to you to figure out whether you should be canceled, but it's up to the public to figure out whether you can actually survive it. Like you look at Louis CK and He's like, mm, I'm not going to say that name. You look at some comedian who got canceled <laughs> and he, um, and he's kind of come back and he's kind of doing things again. And it's, it's like, did he really learn his lesson? Like, who knows? Well, it's also, I know there's also kind of the weird thing where it's like, oh, one comedian did this and then another one did like it's like they'll lump everyone together i don't know it's it's kind of a weird like and it's a you know this movie touches on that too how they lump the principal and the mayor and maybe that's why the the press conference takes place in the same room to kind of show that they're having to go through the same shit despite the fact that the mayor clearly like he didn't do anything wrong by being gay he was wrong for like pretending to be the super conservative christian guy and like passing like and passing anti-gay yeah He's wrong and in the then, way every Republican is wrong. <laughs> so. Exactly. And then, um, but the principal didn't do anything wrong. And it's kind of like they still have to go through the, you know, quote unquote, 
a guillotine march just to like see where their lives are at the other end. And I do think that that's important. Like if you look at like if we think about one this there was this one comedian who was calling people on the phone and maybe touching himself a little bit. And there was another comedian who kind of went out on a date and it was kind of like a shitty date and it was kind of he kind of seemed like a, a prick about it and he he was like like clearly like kind of getting high off the fact that she was like a fan of his but then it was just like a consensual sexual date and like at one point she like told him to stop so he did and those two things like one both of them are the guys being jerks but one of them is like he's clearly not respecting your consent and he's kind of doing something a little bit gross and a little bit um crossing boundaries that you shouldn't cross without the other person's consent and the other one is just kind of like yeah dude that fucking sucks you're kind of a dick you know Um, yeah it's like i don't i don't like this sounds like a bad time but i don't think you did a crime in this situation yeah yeah, and i don't think you should be necessarily like ostracized for this but maybe like try to work on yourself like we all are but you know if you look at it from the media standpoint or even probably from their standpoint it's like this thing where they were taken out to the woodshed for the same crime, even though it was very different circumstances. And I do think that as council culture, you know, continues, that is something that we have to look at. Like what, yeah, you know, there actually is kind of, cause at near the end of the movie, you get the sense the entire town is against them. Like her parents, like Joel McHale, everyone, the police, but then there is kind of this thing where he does actually take the time to show that like there are like good people who like step away from the mob. Like a, mm-hmm. like they they basically like at one point have Bex and they're going to hang her. Um, and then Diamond, the guy that she'd been secretly seeing, is like, no, I'm not going to like help you. Like they're like, she humiliated you. He's like, no, you humiliated me, you know? Yeah. And but, I think that's another good scene. Yeah. And it's kind of like, it's like, oh, it doesn't, you don't have to be like, you can actually like step away from it type of thing. I don't know. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's kind a of very like super blunt metaphor, but I think it works right, well for us. Yeah. And I think it's that thing where it's like, yeah, the guy wanted to punish her, but when he saw what the punishment was, yeah, you know, he's like, he, no, this is too back. far. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's an important thing when you're coming to cancel culture, any kind of judgment on anyone is that you do have to look at that particular, like trying to lump anything together in any way is always going to be bad. And I think that's what this movie is saying. Like whether it's, you know, punishments or whether it's, you know, stereotypes or whatever, if you're, if you're not like taking time to understand new nuance, then you're not really understanding the situation. And if you're going to cancel everyone for anything, you don't really believe in anything because you just yeah, you, want, you just like the act of like yeah. slamming someone on Twitter or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And you see it all the time. Like, Lindsay Ellis, uh, who's a popular YouTuber, she she kind of got in some trouble for saying some like she was making a comparison she probably shouldn't have made or she probably should have made a better comparison, but she got dragged on Twitter for it, rightly so by some of the the community that was hurt by it. But then within like every, every like for every one legit criticism that she got there was probably 15 people who <laughs> it was like a shit on people her. who were like oh if we take her down we can break into the bread tube well i don't know it was it was, it was clearly online bullshit drama not legitimate concerns for yeah like most of it yeah and again like even then you see it like contrapoints um, oh, natalie when we don't even have she's time been, for like 50 times they've tried <laughs> to cancel contrapoint she's been canceled so many times and it's kind of like she keeps coming back but you see the mental toll it took on both Lindsay ellis and on contrapoints and you see how they both react to it and again like you can't treat them the same, regardless of whether you believe that they should have been canceled or not. Um, you you see that ContraPoints is like, well, ContraPoints is a special a special creature in that she she kind of like seems to thrive off of being canceled. Yeah, it's still got to be rough though when it just but, never stops. And she has talked about like the mental exhaustion that comes with it. Yeah, but I think it's more that like she. It's not so much that she. Uh, thrives on it I think it's more that she's been cancelled so many times for so many dumb reasons that she just like doesn't really put that much um, stock into it anymore and so she doesn't care if you cancel her like she's gonna keep also gotta like I mean to use an example 
of someone who should be canceled, but it's never going to happen because it's just that's not how things actually work when you're big enough. Donald Trump. Donald Trump is definitely committed horrific, like not just crimes, but racism, sexism, probably sexual assaults. And it's just like none of it's ever going to stick because he just ignores it and it works that he ignores it, you know? Yeah. And Donald Trump's a good example of like, so even when you're um, like, oh man, cancel culture can work because it, you could target bad people. It's like, no, because the worst person in the world, it's not going to work against them. So it's, yeah. Right. I don't know. Yeah. And so I think like, even though it kind of like euphoria, where euphoria is also kind of loud in your face and a little bit dumb, this movie is kind of the same, but it's also, um, but it also does like euphoria. It has something to say and it does it. And it kind of has more to say than you think about. And so by the time you kind of get to what it's trying to say, you're like, oh, man, it actually wasn't as big and dumb as I thought. Yeah, it's like, oh, this was going somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I, I don't know, with Euphoria, it is, it's tricky. Because if you're a fan of Euphoria, I think you'd love this movie because it's almost like a rough draft of both the beginning and how I think Euphoria is going to eventually end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, it, it is weird because it's like, is he still like, you know, you don't know where Euphoria is going because I almost think he might be spinning his wheels because it got so popular. He's going to try to extend it, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. But overall, especially if you want to see someone's first attempt at something, this is like a good, uh, a good look at it. Because you kind of see what he took from this movie to kind of create euphoria. And I think it's very interesting. If, if and even on its own. And ex- a very funny scene of, of a police officer saying, you're not allowed to kill a cop seconds before he dies in the most savage way possible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You'll enjoy this movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, and I think it's good. So yeah. So check this movie out. It's called Assassination Nation. The reason we did it is because it's about to leave Hulu, but hopefully it lands on some kind of streaming service. It was on Hulu for like two years and it's been out. But I think that like, um, I just think this movie kind of got lost in the shuffle and then like Euphoria came out and it was such a huge hit that it, this one got even more like kind of pushed to down to the bottom. So I did want to talk about it. And I yeah. think it has a lot to say. I think it like it surprised me. And like I said, I thought it was going to be bad. It ended up being one of my favorite films of 2018. So check it out. Assassination Nation. It's a good movie. And and that ends it for the Bomb Squad. We'll see you guys next week. Who knows what we're talking about. I'm sure it'll be fun. I don't even know either. I'm sure it'll be fun. And we'll see you there.